Do you struggle with mental health or know someone who does? Join Gabrielle and Cherise as they discuss all things mental health. Each episode will be packed with information on coping, healing, and living a well-balanced life. We hope you join us in session. Hello, everybody. This is Gabrielle and Charisse with In Session Podcast, and we are back again for another episode. I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, I think it's a little bit in the media, but then also things that we see here in the practice. So Charisse, how should we describe what we're talking about today? (laughs) It's kind of difficult to describe, but we love talking about media and how that affects, you know, our day-to-day lives. Also, like therapy and mental health, the stigma and all that. And so today we're talking about buzzwords that we hear online and how that affects people when they come to therapy or people in their everyday conversations and what that might look like as far as getting a negative connotation towards those words. Right. So where do you want to start when we discuss? Um, No, I think I love that intro because that makes more sense than what Mm -hmm. I had in my brain. But basically, you know, I think um, I've been seeing both online, but even in session where therapy has almost become trendy. And like, because it's a trend, like everybody wants to jump on this bandwagon, but in order to jump on this bandwagon, they want to talk the talk. Right. And so they say things like, oh, well, I'm putting up this boundary or, oh, you know, they're narcissists or, oh, they're toxic or, oh, I don't have time for this. Right. They start using things that maybe we talk or work on in therapy, but it's almost like out of context. Mm -hmm. You know, have you seen that at all? I definitely have. And so when you, when you said that, I think it makes me think of these are healthy words. I think we use in therapy that goes with therapy modalities. Right. So like boundaries, we know is like Bowenian type style of therapy, but people take it out of context yes. and they use it to give a negative connotation. So like, oh, like you're just breaking my boundary right now <laughs> when yeah. maybe they didn't state the boundary to right. begin with. And so that, that's not the, per- the appropriate way to use boundaries. But I think these words get thrown around because people want to feel like they're protecting themselves yeah. or that they're in this healthy state of mind, but it doesn't come off the right way. For sure. And I think something that is important is we don't all have to be like influencers, right? And so it's okay to hear good information, to read good information, but that doesn't mean that like, oh, we automatically become an expert and we have, we like go out there and like, oh, I'm going to tell you about yourself and let me tell you how narcissist you are or whatever the case is. Because most of the time, if you are in therapy and you're learning these things, that fits for you, right? Mm-hmm. Because every client typically has a different treatment plan or we're working with them on something different. And so what you could consider a boundary or what you could consider healthy may look different for somebody else. And so if you take therapy and almost weaponize it, like, hey, this is the only right way to live or the only right way to have a relationship, you could actually be giving somebody else inaccurate information because your therapist may have worked with you on that and it may look different for somebody else, you know? That word is so important, weaponized. And I, I kind of laugh inside when we think of narcissists because narcissists mm. is actually a personality disorder. Yeah. And so you're right, when you're taking it into the context of therapy, when you're working on it, it's going to be a positive thing. Like if someone really does have narcissistic personality disorder, they meet the criteria in the yeah. DSM and we're working to create a treatment plan on how they want to navigate these symptoms to make it less. So yeah. like maybe they're having healthier relationships or maybe they just feel more whole in themselves. Yeah. But people throw that word around like, oh, do you think I'm a narcissist mm-hmm. or they're a narcissist not knowing exactly what that might mean. And then it does give that personality disorder a negative connotation because people are out here living with that disorder. Right. And it doesn't look like the way people express it. It looks very different in therapy and in for them in their lives. Absolutely. Something that I think when we talk about it being weaponized is that it really creates an unfair stigma on mental health because 
it takes, it has taken so long for mental health to even be like a positive conversation. And so my fear is now that like, we took a really healthy and positive conversation around mental health and it's become now the latest thing for people to like insert their two cents on. And some people are doing it incorrectly. And, you know, you and I are licensed professionals, but even we have to continuously like get education and get training to like, make sure that we're staying up to date on information and things like that. If you're listening to this, what do you think people who aren't licensed professionals, but they hear like a bit of this or a tidbit of that, and now they're running and creating TikToks and these videos about stuff. What are we listening to? What are we digesting? And I don't know if this ever happened to you, but I've literally had clients come in and like basically tell me they diagnosed themselves from TikTok mm-hmm. and not from somebody who is a licensed professional. First of all, even as like licensed professionals, we can't diagnose someone online. Like that's not in our ethical codes of like how we abide by someone would have to come in here. We would have to have a client relationship, a therapeutic contract. Then we can start making like assessment and diagnosing. We can't just watch a video or listen to a clip and like, oh, they're a narcissist. That's not how it works. But I, I see that all the time. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because it sounds funny, but it's, it's also really sad because clients come in and they have their mind made up. Yeah. And then we kind of have to be the bad person of like, well, it could be something else explaining it. And then they're almost in crisis mode because they have a definition or explanation for what might be going on for them. And then we just shatter that and say, well, it could be this. And they don't know what to do now. I think to your point about the TikTok therapist or people going and hearing about these buzzwords and spreading it, I think it's very surface level information. I, I've even seen like where people explain like couples dynamics and like underneath the surface stuff. And it's still not below the surface. I'm like, everyone's gravitating towards this and you think it's genius. And I'm like, I get it. It offers you a different perspective, but if you're taking that back to your relationship or to other, you know, relationships in your life, it doesn't always fit like you said initially. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a danger of portraying this information into our lives without knowing the deeper meaning behind it. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a reason why everybody, you know, you know, operates in certain spaces or they're called to certain things because that's their lane, right? I cannot do hair. I'm not a hairdresser. There's a reason why cosmetologists exist and they should be paid well for what they do, right? And that goes for barbers or decorators or realtors or educators or physicians, right? They hold special places and their skill set and their talent is necessary. Gabrielle cannot do their job. And I think it's become so dangerous because it's almost like everybody wants to do everything now. And we like, oh, hey, follow me, flock to me. And, you know, partly I think it is just the social media culture of everything being at our fingertips. And so I could imagine if you're an influencer and you're trying to get views or you're trying to like broaden your audience, you have to broaden what you're talking about or broaden what you're exposing. But it's impossible for you to be an expert on all these fields to from like a mental health professional to a nutritionist, to a physical trainer, to at some point we have to be realistic and say, guys, it's social media. It's whatever. It's not a replacement for therapy because I've seen that. I've seen some people come to a couple sessions, think they can, you know, write down a couple quotes, maybe follow some people on TikTok and now they can be their own therapist. Mm-hmm. There's a reason we went to school and had to get a license, friends. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, there's a reason for it. I saw this really cool post about someone saying that, you know, these TikTok experts, not even just in the, in the realm of mental health, yeah. but they're trying to be relatable. And one thing that- yeah you know, especially like the white population, they can't like capitalize on black culture because of course they're not black, but they can capitalize on mental health as kind of like a marginalized group almost Mm of, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're all, we're in this common experience. Let me like explain this surface level concept and everyone's going to flock to it and kind of agree with it. And now we're kind of in the same boat, like, Oh, you know, anxiety doesn't discriminate from anybody and and mental health disorders do not, you can have mental health disorder no matter who you are. But I think that's one way for them to be relatable Mm -hmm. and to capitalize off of mental health. And I, I hate seeing how, 
commercial it's becoming. Like every time I see like an ad for therapy, for online therapy, or just this buzzword and people saying, you know, oh, like therapy is great, which I mean it is, but it just feels (laughs) like they're trying to sell something. Right. And I don't think therapy is something that you necessarily have to sell. As therapists, we can't even like advertise or like get get reviews, like solicit Mm -hmm. reviews and say, oh, like this is the best therapist ever. Like go to this therapist online. Mm -hmm. Like that's not ethical for us. And so I think for me, it's very cringy to see it being sold. Yeah. I like that you mentioned the word commercialized because that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like, hey, here's this thing. And I think we see it a lot, whether it's with the reels or the posts, but it's, it's interesting to me how we'll take a little bit of information. Like, cause someone like, let's say they read about, they hear the word boundaries and they get like a, like you said, a surface level definition of that. And then now all of a sudden, Hey, I'm going to give you five ways to implement boundaries. And this is how you protect your peace. And like, you are not qualified to speak on that. Right. And not to mention, it's not going to be the same for every person. And it does, it, it almost, it disheartens me a little bit when I see people, especially when, you know, they're not a therapist, they probably haven't even done extent, gone to therapy extensively themselves. Cause they, like, there are people who are like, Oh, well, I went to two therapy sessions, ma'am, <laughs> sir, <laughs> going to two therapy sessions is not even scratching the surface of what you've been to. I mean, honestly, the first five to six sessions is trying to build a relationship. Uh, if, you, if you've ever done therapy, you don't just come in and talk two times like your life is fixed. It takes a minute to build that relationship to get the information. But I've seen people, oh, yeah, I went to two therapy sessions. Let me tell you, my therapist taught me. Ma'am, you're still learning, sir. There's still more to grow from. And I, what do you think the danger is with this commercialized vein of here's this trend? Let me capitalize off of this. Let me teach you something that I really don't know myself. I think that people get a false sense that they're healed. Like people that yes. are people that are commercializing it are the influencers that are like, this is I went to therapy and it was great. And now I'm yeah. here and I'm going to present what I know to the masses. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's benefit in that because people could like want to seek help and know more information, yep. but where they're getting the information from <laughs> is the problem. And yeah. so when you said, oh, five ways to set boundaries, <laughs> when people look up like research on a diagnosis or mental health concept, they Google search it, right? Mm-hmm. Blogs come up, mm-hmm. people writing about their own experiences come up, but like the DSM does mm-hmm. not come up. Yeah. The criteria of like meeting the, d- the disorder does not come up. And so that's a therapist's job is to say, Hey, well, you found all these things that kind of fit with anxiety or, mm. or depression, but could it be this? Because you, this is not fitting the DSM diagnosis. Right. I've heard people say, Hey, I think that this is my disorder because X, Y, and Z. And that thing is something that everyone does. Yep. Like, oh, I just worry, I worry about, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. That does not mean that you have anxiety. You have to meet a certain number of criteria to meet that diagnosis requirement. And so I think the danger of it mainly is the information and like where people are getting comfortable, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess, sitting in their information and saying, this is exactly what is going on for me when it it can, it can be different. And I think a, a danger that I just thought of is like, because it's so commercialized right now, we're trying to capitalize off of it and do all of this. What happens when it's no longer the trend? Does, does it mean that mental health no longer matters? Right. Because what, what I feel like, cause you've seen this before where like something is the trend and like, we're all the rage about this person or this performer, or this clothing style. Right. And then once that trend passes, oh, okay. It's, it's trash. Bye. And like mental health is not something that should be, I'm going to throw it in the trash can. It's over. It's done now. It is an, constant process of looking at yourself of growing because you're going to have different seasons, different years, different situations. And therapy shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be a trend. It's kind of like, let's just take having kids, for example, you can't, you know, um, idolize, Ooh, I want to be pregnant and dress really cute. And then forget that you have to raise that child, you know, for their entire life or take animals or whatever Mm -hmm. else. It can't be like, Ooh, this is this cute little 
animal that I'm going to get as a pet to put it on social media, but then I want to dump it away in the trash because I don't want to deal with it. You have to be committed long-term. We said in our previous um, podcast that therapy is an investment, Mm -hmm. right? It's not a trend. It's an investment. People who are like in the stock market or things like that will tell you, you don't just invest in the stock market for a moment or for a trend because no, sometimes the stock market dips. Sometimes you have gains or losses, et cetera, but you stay consistent because you know, it's an investment that takes time, Mm -hmm. which is so much of what therapy is. And after hearing you say that almost it being commercialized makes me fear that that's a part that's going to lead to the demise of mental health or becoming not popular because influencers are presenting one view. It's like, Oh, therapy is great here's how to find your perfect therapist. Mm. And then the person goes to get therapy and it's like, what the hell is this? Like, this is not what I (laughs) saw online, you know? Or even like the online platforms that are like, there's millions of therapists on there. It's at your fingertips. You can text your therapist. That right there is boundaries, right? That's lacking boundaries. But people get this idea of therapy from online. And then when it's not what they expect, they're like, I'm never going to therapy again. Oh my goodness. Ever. And so I think that can also lead to the downfall because then then you have people sharing their worst experiences. And then kind of go, it goes back into the mindset that, who can tell me mm-hmm. better than myself what to do? Kind yeah. of back to where it was before um, it got destigmatized. So yes. that it's a cycle, I think, and it's kind of scary. It is. It's so much a cycle, and it it makes you think about like people getting to that space of like they go to therapy. It's not what they expected mm-hmm. because they want to feel good, right? Give me a good quote, motivate me, tell me that I'm do- what I'm doing is good. When sometimes therapy is looking at the hard stuff and saying, hey, here's a pattern. Do we like where this is leading? Because anybody who has had to go to therapy and do real work will tell you if if therapy is just this feel good experience where, yes, I'm perfect and I don't have anything to work on. Maybe you didn't do therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Because therapy is, is a lot different from like, oh, just give me a pep talk. That's not what we're here for. Mm-hmm. And I've had people, I think, who kind of wasn't weren't expecting for therapy to challenge them to maybe do different behavior or look at themselves yeah. a little bit more deeply. And they did. Oh yeah. You know what? Uh, I'm really busy. I'll hit you back when I have free time. Mm-hmm. And they never hit you back because, wow, I don't want to do that type of work. Let me just put out a few good, feel good quotes. Let me read a couple blogs or watch a couple of videos. Oh, I got this. I can talk to myself therapy. I don't need therapy. Mm-hmm. It exists for a reason. Yeah. Even in our consent paperwork, there is a blurb that says therapy is not going to promise you any certain outcomes. Mm-hmm. And it can also make you feel worse before you feel better because you are going to be talking about the hard stuff. I almost think that people who want to be motivated to go to therapy because of the platforms that they're on mm-hmm. or the influencers that they're seeing, that's more like coaching. Yeah. And coaching is a lot different from therapy. I think the influencers kind of fit more with coaching because they're telling you these quick, fast mm-hmm. things that you can try. And granted, some of those things might work for you, but in therapy, you're going a bit deeper of like, why didn't that work? Or if you mm-hmm. tried this in the past, like, how are you getting in the way of yeah. yourself making this successful? And so I think if you are a person out there that likes going on TikTok and doing research that way, maybe coaching is more for you yeah. um, because you maybe want that more of a quick fix and not that long-term commitment that we're talking about when it comes to therapy. Absolutely. And I think being honest about that, the problem comes in when people don't make the distinction that you just made. Yeah. Instead of them realizing like, oh, I don't want the long-term investment of therapy. I don't want to have to come in for XYZ sessions, what have you. I want a quick fix. I want to be coached. Instead, they'll turn that "Mm, therapy didn't work or I had a terrible therapy experience when in reality, you just were looking for the wrong thing. If I'm craving uh, Japanese food today and then Sharice brings me McDonald's, it would not be fair for me to say, oh, my God, McDonald's is just trash. It didn't hit the spot. Mm -hmm. I wanted Japanese. Right. I wanted something different. And it's very similar. If you really don't want to go to therapy and do that type of work, if you just want a quick fix or to be told you're right or to be coached, go find that. Mm -hmm. But don't diss the thing that you didn't like just because it wasn't what you wanted. So how do you think people can navigate online platforms when they are kind of looking at mental health content? What is the best way to 
do that in a safe way because people are still going to do it. Yeah. So what would you suggest? You know, I would say, um, I think people's personal experiences of therapy, um, for some people, they enjoy that. So I've seen some people like, uh, do vlogs or whatever of their mental health journey. If you are the type of person who enjoys like docu-series and you want to like, look at how someone overcame something, that's okay to watch. I don't think it's a great idea to like, look for advice or like, um, this is like, look for treatment. I don't think you should look for treatment options online. If you want to look at mental health content, maybe you could like, oh, okay, this person, you know, says they, you know, struggle with anxiety. I may watch their videos to see what they did that works for them. And maybe you could use it as like an encouragement tool, not to say that those coping skills are going to work for you, but if you just want to see somebody else, if you want a sense of community, like, oh, I'm not in this by myself. Maybe you could look for people who you think maybe share similar um, issues as you, but I would just say, try not to look for advice or treatment on social media. What would you say? I agree. And I think if you are going to follow a blog or follow someone's page or social media handles, whatever, maybe make it a licensed professional that actually has a license and you can look up their license, not saying that you're going to get you know, advice or treatment from there, but maybe they can point you in the right direction of yeah. resources, or maybe they have resources on their website. I know that I have resources on my Instagram, like just a little highlight reel of some resources where you can find different therapists. And so I would say, look at reputable sources because they will post informational things yeah. that do make sense. Of course, it's not going to be treatment yeah. or advice for you to take and like get better and be healed, but it can lead you in the right direction of, Hey, this is, yeah, I definitely want to try therapy now. Like I see this therapist might be the right fit for me or they know resources for me. And so I think following those pages that I think have the reputable yeah. sources. Would be and helpful. you, you made a really great point. It's, you know, maybe try to look for a licensed professional, look for a reputable source. Unfortunately, I think sometimes like we don't do our due diligence of like what we're following. And so we'll just find someone who has, you know, the cute TikTok with a nice song in the background. Mm-hmm. Let's do a little bit deeper, right? Like that could be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Maybe keep your TikToking and your video scrolling to things that make you laugh or that make you, you know, feel good, mm-hmm. but save the mental health content for, like she said, reputable sites, licensed professionals, not because you're getting treatment, but because mm-hmm. at least, you know, they have a license. They can give you hopefully true, accurate, incredible information yeah. that could point you in that right direction. And, you know, Honestly, I would say, I don't know how you feel about this. Some things are better left in their lane, you know? Mm -hmm. So for example, if you're sick, I don't think you should look for, you know, healing on WebMD because, you know, you could have a headache and WebMD say you're dying, you know? (laughs) So maybe not look to WebMD or look to Google to like, oh, I have this issue. Let me go be my own physician, right? Google should be Google, right? You need help finding a restaurant. You want to look up something really quick, do that. But if you need like, issue with the migraine, go see a professional. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I get that influencers want to make content, but literally let them influence you on how to buy a shoe, right. Yeah. Or, or a fashion trend, yeah. maybe save the other stuff for a different space. And, and use that mindset of Google is a source. It is not going to give you hundred percent fact and information yeah. that you take and run with. I think the, the benefit of also following reputable sources is that if they do use a buzzword, they're probably going to have the information that describes it correctly. Yeah. And so like if they're saying something's toxic or boundaries, they're probably going into depth of what that looks like right. and how you can implement that into your life instead of just hearing the cute TikTok with the song in the background of like, yeah. oh, I set my boundaries and this is what it's lo- it looks like for me yeah. because it might look different for everybody. And also they might not be using the word correctly yeah. because I've literally seen clients come in <laughs> and use a word. And sometimes I don't even correct it anymore. I'm like, if you want to define it as that, Go ahead. Right. We can define yeah. it as that. But the danger of that is it's being repeated over and over and over again. And that's not the true definition of the word. Yeah. Not to mention a lot of therapy 
like buzzwords don't hold that much weight here. Like we can talk about boundaries or talk about like toxic relationships, but that's not the real crux of our work. Right. We go so much deeper to say, Hey, okay. Yeah. We got to work on boundaries. Let's see what patterns we've established. Mm -hmm. How did that affect your self-esteem? What did that do to you? What, how did that, you know, map your thoughts or create this schema of your world? So the buzzwords, while it catches our attention on social media, that's actually not the meat of what therapy talks about. It's it's just (laughs) the bare minimum. Yeah. Therapy is much deeper. And if you're wanting to get a therapy or, you know, treatment that's much deeper, definitely look up the reputable sources. Psychology Today has great therapists on there. Just stay away from like diagnosing yourself on Google or looking at TikToks and kind of getting a whole list of things that, that solidify what you think, mm. because there's always another perspective that could be, you know, incorrect or going yeah. against what you think, especially when it comes to a diagnosis or just a mental health, you know, yes. descriptor. It- I think we've talked about this on a previous episode, but it's like that looking for confirmation bias Mm -hmm. where we're looking for information that validates how I feel or validates what I believe about a thing. And this is important because on TikTok or or even social media, the algorithms, they're going to give you things that confirm your views and your beliefs. Whereas in therapy, we don't do that, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's another distinction is because when you come to therapy, our job is not to agree with you. It's not to confirm your way of thinking and your way of behaving. It's a lot deeper because we want to help get a healthy functioning, right? But TikTok and social media, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. oh, she likes this. I'm gonna give her more of that. He likes to see this. He likes this word. I'm gonna show him more of that Mm -hmm. because it's geared to keep you invested and engaged. I don't know if you've, I forgot the name of it, but there was like this Netflix, I guess, documentary on like social media and how literally the whole purpose of social media is to increase the time that you yeah. spend on it. And Fiction, so they, they yeah. keep giving you information that, Oh, I know she's going to watch this video 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep showing her videos like this. Right. When they do that, you're likely going to see more and more things that align with your political beliefs, yeah. your mental health, favorite words, you, you know, whatever style or situation you have going on in life. And that's not going to help us grow guys. Mm-hmm. Social media, especially TikTok, is meant to be addicting. And you're exactly right. The algorithm is going to show you exactly what you're going to be interested in. And then it also leads to information overload, though. Mm. Like you almost get very manic, maybe, and even mm-hmm. excited of like, oh, my gosh, like this has to be it. Yes. And so when someone presents <laughs> a different, uh, different like outside perspective, it's like, oh, yes. I don't know where that's coming from, because everything in my life is saying that this is what it is. And so I think social media can be dangerous <laughs> oh, in that way, because for one, on certain things, you're picking what you're consuming. Like for Instagram, you have yeah. to follow it. Um, sometimes reels, you know, it just pops up for what's popular. Yeah. But TikTok and apps that have an algorithm mm-hmm. that feed you what you want, it's confirming everything that you think to be true. It reminds me of Allegory of the Cave. I have been thinking about this <laughs> so much. Like I took a philosophy class. And so Allegory of the Cave is they were in the cave. Yeah. And then one of the persons left the cave, the caveman. And they were like, oh my God, it's sunlight out here. And there's like, shadows and everything everything different they're like no the people in the cave are like no that can't be true mm. and so they killed them they killed them because he presented a different information wow. like the, they're the only life that they knew was inside that cave and when they try to present a different perspective they killed him because they thought that he was crazy that is what it feels like sometimes yeah. being a therapist when oh people gosh, come yeah. in and we're trying to offer a different perspective gently of course yeah and they, they can't see it because they confirmed everything already yeah. through social media yes which is why, you know, we shouldn't rely on social media to be that guiding light. Because again, it could be an allegory of the cave situation <laughs> where, oh, here's this different perspective, but it doesn't line up with what I believed or what I wanted to believe. Yeah. And so even as licensed professionals, I think we try to be very relatable in our podcast, but we're not perfect. We're still human. We have to work on ourselves. And so it's almost like someone who's in education or a physician Hopefully they are just as committed to doing things that help take care of their body or help grow their skill set or their business. 
guys, you have to do the same thing with yourself. And I know we like social media. I know it's here to stay, but maybe use it appropriately. Mm -hmm. Just like you wouldn't use a flat iron to cook a steak. Yeah. Right. Let's not use social media to heal our brains, to heal our emotions, because it's just not designed to do that. You know, do not let social media put you in a cave, you guys. (laughs) Is there anything else that you want to say in this episode? No, I think that was great. We gave a lot of good tips. Um, What about you? Any lasting comments or thoughts? I think that was perfect. Don't let social media be used in a way that's inappropriate or use it to give yourself treatment or advice. I think sticking to the reputable sources is going to be your best bet. And of course, if you guys need mental health resources, we are also here for you guys. So let us know and we'll be back with more in our next episode. Thank you.